It don't matter what I try I just can't win and I don't know why There's a fork in every road I pick the wrong one and then I go American loser, yes I am Disenfranchised from everything well, I fall up and I fall down American loser, the day I was born Hello folks, welcome back to another edition of American Loser. It is the podcast that puts the spotlight firmly on second place. Uh, where else could we be than a shared universe podcast studio in Eatontown, New Jersey? Mike and Ming take great care of us. How great, in fact, Ming's here today, guys. What's up, everybody? How are you, sir? Thank you for uh, you're filling in for the role of the Kahuna today. Uh, big shoes to fill, literally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I you know I don't watch as many cartoons as him, and uh... <laughs> which is shocking, bro, because you would think that that you'd be at least up there with him, but his knowledge is uh, borderline um, mentally ill. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, playing the role of my father today is a, a friend of mine, a great comic, by the way, uh, currently a comedian in the uh, city of Los Angeles, but he came back over here to uh, Jersey because he wanted to make sure that uh, we don't flatten the curve. Uh, thank you so much, Max Antonucci. How are you, brother? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Not bad, man. I'm excited. Happy to be here. Well, this is overdue, so you're in now. We're good to go. I'm this excited. Is, I, me too, man. And I'm a fan of the show. Which helps. You yes. see that, guys? You leave me a written review, you get to come on this show, all right? That's how it works. <laughs> but, uh, no, dude, uh, I'm excited you're in town for a little bit. Uh, you don't got to worry about headphones. We I find okay. them annoying and encumbering, so we do that. Um, but I did want to ask you real quick, because uh, you grew up your whole life in Jersey, right? I did, yeah. Okay. Did you know about the topic we're about to discuss here today? So I knew about it, not extensively. I did a little bit of deep diving, not uh. to make a pun there, uh, <laughs> on this topic when you told me what it would be. But I always heard about it, and I knew the basic gist of it and that it inspired Jaws. That's right, man. Which, you, did you put, you piece it together already, right, what we're going to uh, talk yeah, about? Peter, Peter Benchley, uh, his inspiration, who knew that um, – the uh, the New Jersey was the basis of all of that, but we are the center of the universe. This podcast oh, yeah. has proven it. That's um, fact. We've been literally because we're in Eatontown, New Jersey, at a shared universe, of course. And um, this show, which is coming up on its two year anniversary, we have been legitimately uncomfortable with how much history has happened within about twenty minutes of this particular space that we're standing on. You got uh, Hindenburg disaster. You got the Rosenbergs stealing, um, you know, secrets and passing it off to the Russian government right here at Fort Monmouth. You have uh, President's Park, where uh, I believe actually uh, President Garfield died in Long Branch, New Jersey. Okay, and and there's just a lot of cra- sometimes we bend the truth a little <laughs> bit to make sure we get our shit out there. But uh, yeah, Jersey's the center of you, and that's why it, it's why it attracted you, Ming. All right, that's what we brought you from the Midwest. We stole you. Oh yeah, for, yeah, for sure. I was like, it's not weird enough in Michigan. Let's go to let's go to New Jersey. And uh, again, I, I had a lot of Navy buddies from Michigan, man. They got some cool history out there too. But the fact that uh, the motion picture Jaws winds up becoming a result of the shit we're about to talk about is pretty ballsy, man. So uh, my handsome father of a uh, you know uh, my handsome father's not here. That's the problem. So. Uh, I'm going to have to plug something real quick to remind you guys. This is going to be one of the free Tuesday episodes. I'm going to keep putting out these free Tuesday episodes. 
all the time for you guys. We're on SoundCloud, Spotify, literally everything Ming taught me how to do. I know nothing. You really are the reason the show exists. <laughs> oh, I, more people listen, uh, more people learn, man, right? It's the truth, and I, I've tried to be a sponge whenever you coach me up on stuff, man. But uh, we're putting out the free episodes every Tuesday. Uh, you can check us out at, at American Loser Podcast on Facebook, American Loser Podcast on Instagram. I'm at KP Burke Sucks on Instagram, uh, and just regular KP Burke over on Facebook. That's where the jokes are. Come out and see me live. Comedy's starting to come back. We're going to end it today, I think. Um, I do have to leave here to go do a show, my first outdoor show in uh, uh, probably three months. First real show in three months, I'd say. Uh, with uh, myself, Joe Fernandez, who has an album out, and uh, the, the legend himself, Jim Florentine. So I'm excited about that. But we got a fucking doozy of a topic today, brother. All right? And uh, again, this is one of the free ones. For just five bucks a month, you can actually get one of the bonus Patreon episodes where we get to go in a little bit of greater depth with everything. But uh, I don't think they want greater depth on this story, Max. This one's upsetting. Yeah, it's a bit disturbing. That's... It could shake any listener to the core. I'm going to say, yeah, that we got friends that uh, friends of the show that listen on um, on the elliptical machine or while they're all relaxing on a hike or something like that or spending time with their family. Uh, this one's disturbing, straight up disturbing. <laughs> so uh, in uh, in lieu of my father's absence, I'm going to have to create the zeitgeist, which do you know what that word means, by the way? Uh, no, I think it was a documentary about 9-11 <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> Uh, Zeitgeist is German for spirit of the time. So what we do, it's not revisionist history, it's visionist history. We try to tell it from boots on the ground from the people who were there and saw it because in 30 years we can completely distort the truth about it because no one's alive anymore. (laughs) That's how it works. Or you have false memories, which is never good. Um, But here we are. 1916 is the year we're talking about. You guys know anything that's going on in 1916? The only thing I know is World War One. Ah, you mean the war that was supposed to end all wars, yet still yes. had a sequel? <laughs> yeah. yeah. They let the Germans come back. It's like, <laughs> oh, there was this Rocky Four or something. I don't, I don't get it, but yeah. Yeah, definitely a, a Mayweather-Pacquiao uh, thing. Once in a lifetime, unless we get enough money. Right. Um, Without the cross-dressing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, you guys, you both nailed it. World War One's going on at the time. Uh, you're two years before uh, the Spanish flu epidemic is about to hit, um, but that doesn't mean that everybody's doing great because there's a polio outbreak in 1916. All right, and then also just because I I have a, uh, an affinity for Irish history, being uh, a Kevin Patrick, um, in 1916 a bunch of uh, Irish uh, freedom fighters, if you will, and remember one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Uh, armed themselves and took over a post office in Dublin uh, known as the Easter Uprising of 1916. And that resulted in the creation of the IRA and uh, eventually the Irish uh, Revolution and then Civil War and then the Troubles. Um, They're just a quarrelsome people over there, that goofy (laughs) little island. But uh, over here in America, it's uh, it's interesting. We got the boys out, uh, you know, a lot of people's sons and fathers and brothers and everything are overseas fighting. Uh, but uh, and you got a polio outbreak that's victimizing a lot of people here. Uh, so where else can you go to forget about your troubles than the Jersey Shore? That's right. When you were a kid growing up, Max, where did you guys go down the shore? Uh, Sandy Hook. We were pretty poor. <laughs> ah, you didn't have to say the second part. We just heard Sandy Hook, and we're like, all right, this guy got it. That's a lot of a uh, lot of jean short bathing suits down there. So. Uh, and what about you, Ming? When you came to Jersey, what was the the, the beaches you started hanging out? Uh, Jer- Sandy Hook was one of them for sure. Nice. And then I heard about the naked beach. 
uh, Gunnison. <laughs> Gunnison Beach. Yeah, I was like, well, there's a naked beach here. I was like, oh. Every Father's Day weekend, uh, the uh, the fellas of uh, Boy Scout Troop 104, which my father was scout master of, and at one time I was senior patrol leader of, um, we would go to Sandy Hook to go camping, and there was always a, a, a small detachment of guys who were saying, we're on our way to the nude beach. And they never found it because we didn't, never wanted them to find it. <laughs> but uh, it's definitely there, man. Uh, Sandy Hook plays into the factor today. Uh, oddly and scarily enough, uh, this what we're talking about, which is 1916, is known as the Summer of the Sharks. Okay, that this is Jaws, not really as creative of a story as we thought it was. Okay, they based a lot of this shit on truth. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I would say so. It's <laughs> so um, it's uh, it's getting wild. They actually still don't know exactly what the reason was for this. So I, I try to think of. Um, there was a movie called uh, The Ghost in the Darkness. You guys ever see that? No. Uh, so Michael Douglas. Michael Am Douglas and yeah. Val Kilmer. Yeah, very and, uh, trippy movie. Yeah, and it's out actually near you. Uh, I mean, I, I know you're, you're – I, I give you the whole Midwest. That's the respect <laughs> I have. <laughs> wow. But it's in the uh, Field Museum in Chicago, Chicago yeah. right across from Soldier Field. And it's the, uh, the Man Eaters of uh, Sava or something like that. And they were this weird mutation of lions – uh, out there in Africa that had developed a taste for human flesh. And uh, they were mutated. They had like weird looking manes and stuff like that. And there's some conspiracy theory to this day about what it was that attacked uh, the good people of New Jersey off the shores of, uh, you know, literally our Jersey shore, uh, the summer of 1916. But uh, this is it, baby. Welcome to American Loser 1916, the summer of the sharks. <laughs> So uh, in July of 1916, for about the first two weeks of the month, and there's a lot of this, too. If you want to draw a comparison, we try not to talk topical. But um, how long have you been back in Jersey now? Five days. Five days. Copy. All right. So when um, what, what were you hearing about with quarantine news and stuff like that? Jersey was beaches open, beaches closed, uh, beaches this, indoor dining, indoor dining's over, martial law declared, you know, Governor Dunton is you know, presiding. Yeah, it was pretty much the same as how it is in California, where it was opening and then it was closing. And then they were saying, all right, uh, it looks like we got it under control. Oh, wait, it's starting to spike again. Jesus. If you're flying in, you have to stay home for a month. Yeah, that was uh, we were dealing with all that stuff, too, man. And uh, what I thought was interesting, remember that one iconic scene from Jaws when the mayor of Amity Island is the beaches are open. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, they tried to hide some of that, too. And the thing that's killing people in Jersey right now, especially Jersey Shore small businesses, this is their season. They have – what do they have? Uh, what does it mean? Like 12 weeks to make their money? Oh, yeah, for sure. That, that And that's it. Yeah, maybe like May, like mid-May until September, like the beginning of September. Yeah, you pretty that's much – you get – maybe if you're lucky, you get a little bit longer. But it's Memorial Day to Labor Day is your time frame. So uh, the same way that some of the businesses are hurting right now from that, these businesses got uh, – they estimated with inflation for 2020 money, uh, collectively, the Jersey Shore, the summer of these shark attacks, would lose uh, over $6 million. Yeah. In so, 1916 dollars. Uh, no, that's adjusted oh, that's for inflation. Adjusted. Yeah. Okay. That's a lot of money. Um, yeah. E e I was going to say either way, man. That, that's not money I got to throw around. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, it's uh, the results of that is the economy of the Jersey Shore is going to get decimated here. Um, you're going to have uh, uh, federal funding from... President Woodrow Wilson at the time frame, who, by the way, fun fact, you know what state he used to be the governor of? You can guess. 
Uh, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there we go. Yeah, yep. and now named a rest area after him. That's all. I, that's all as I we do that. with all of our iconic people, we uh, name something to piss and shit in after them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he um, he actually, as president, allows federal funding to go into these support efforts to start putting nets out in the beaches and then to start paying crews. This is my dream job. I hate to say it. This really would have been my dream job. Armed motorboat patrols of the shoreline. So it's just dudes driving around. Pretty much what I did in the Navy. Just floating around on a a 34-foot patrol boat just looking for a shark to just blast somebody (laughs) with a 50 cal over the side. Um, And uh, in addition to that, uh, there's the armed motorboats. It is – they pretty much made – it was it was open season on hunting sharks because you didn't know are we hunting uh, a swarm of sharks is this a sharknado dare we say um or are we dealing with just one mutated thing here and then get this one this is the wildest uh, part of it all are we sure it was a shark and not the germans uh-oh <laughs> the germans are pulling shit off at this time no one else has seen in the history of humanity so it's entirely plausible. They're like, all right, so what if it's two Germans floating in a shark costume? We, we just, they, they really didn't know, dude. Um, but I'll, I'll tell you guys what. Uh, unfortunately, all right, we're going to get out to the, the tragedy. We like to be a lighthearted show. Four people are going to die in this story. One guy gets really, really badly injured. Another guy has a pretty wild encounter that probably almost cost him his life. But this is a legit thing, the scare of the summer of 1916. Where down the Jersey Shore do you guys think, if you had to guess, would be the first attack of these sharks, you know, hitting the, the, the bathers, if you will? I would say somewhere down near Asbury Park. That would be the theory. That's a theory, man. Um, that would have been my guess as well. Just uh, op- more open waters, I guess. And uh, tragedy seems to find Asbury or the Morrow Castle, well, here's- uh, other things like that. So <laughs> it seems to find Asbury Park for some reason. Well, oddly enough, there's really no attacks in the Asbury Park area. And my theory is because these sharks, while they did have a taste for man flesh, were allies of the LGBTQ community. <laughs> so I think that's one way to move uh, to maneuver around it. They're very progressive. They're very progressive sharks. It's, <laughs> it's uh, You could tell, actually, somebody said that they saw an I'm with her pin on one of the sharks. <laughs> as they were. <laughs> hundred years ahead of their time. It's, <laughs> uh, I'm with her back then was, uh, you know, uh, probably for... Uh, uh, What's her name? Esther, whatever, that was going to run for uh, president. I forget. She's going to be a, an American loser, too, because she probably would have been a great president. So we lost out on her. Um, but uh, now that we've kind of set that one up, the first attack is going to happen further south of where you guys guessed. It's actually going to happen in uh, uh, technically on LBI in Beach Haven. So uh, shout out really quickly to uh, former guests of the show um, and, uh, and great friends of mine from high school growing up. Uh, Anthony Cianci, one of my best buddies. His father, Bill, they were both guests on the show uh, in the past. And uh, they're, uh, uh, one of the sisters, Danielle, is actually a member of the Patreon, which, again, for just $5, you guys can get a, a bonus episode. Um, but they, they, their family owns Beach Haven Fishery, which is an outstanding place to go get some dinner if you're down the Jersey Shore area. Just anything, fresh fish market, all that stuff. And upsettingly enough, I sent a photo of uh, a hotel that's about to get explained to him. And he goes, oh, dude, that's like a block or two away from us down there. And it's – you ever go into a building and you get the vibe something bad's happened there? For sure. Yeah. Uh, I think I, f- I feel that every day when I come in this building. Uh, <laughs> so cheap rent, everybody, cheap rent. Yeah, that's the truth. We had to move to the fifth floor from the third due to several murders. Um, but uh, no, it, it, it blew my mind here. So they're down in Beach Haven and uh, 
this poor bastard, victim number one, if you will. Uh, now, I think it's multiple sharks. Some people think it's one shark. So there's also allegations we'll get into later about that whole conspiracy theory thing. But uh, this poor bastard, uh, Charles Van Sant, okay, he's 23 years old. He's a kid from Philly, and he's going to go swimming in the Atlantic, uh, you know, which is a relatively new activity around this time. People were swimming. You used to have, like, um, swim call in the Navy, you know, stuff like that. Or, you know, you'd go out. But it, the idea of going into the ocean, like walking into the, the beach and then, uh, you know, walking from the beach rather and then swimming out, like, a football field's length or something – really wasn't too too common back then yeah very unheard of yeah i, I still won't do it to be honest I'm, with you. I'm afraid and one of the reasons is because i know this story yeah uh well spielberg was right just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water <laughs> um so he winds up uh his ideas real quickly i'm on vacation with my family i'm down the jersey shore i'm a good looking 23 year old kid from philly i'm gonna pop in for a quick dip in the atlantic and then go have dinner with my family uh, and it's funny, too, because he probably was trying to impress some chicks out there. You know? Of course. He's got his um, cute Chesapeake Bay Retriever This guy knows him. what I'm talking about. So uh, great water dogs, by the way. Yes. Um, so he's going to go out there. Uh, he, he's floating around with um, the dog, you know, out, out swimming a little bit farther out. You know, there's lifeguards and stuff on duty. But you want to take it from there, Max? Yeah. So he goes out there. He's with his dog and he's floating around. And suddenly he feels something pull him down. Not what you want with that vibe. Like, I, I literally have been afraid of sharks in a pool in Clifton, New Jersey. Oh, for sure. So I have no explanation for it, but there's been a giant fear of that. Uh, he feels something pull him down, and he starts yelling for help. Starts yelling for help. Someone on the shore, I believe it was a lifeguard, sees him, and they don't know what's going on. They run out there. Even worse, they thought it, they, they dismissed him at first. So imagine you're... you're final you're in your moment of need of right and they're sitting there like guys just playing with this dog out there <laughs> yeah he's just having a fun time you hear those screams of joy and uh he gets tugged down now uh, continue right there i just wanted to make because that that was what i would say startled me the most oh for this. sure yeah. yeah i mean it's one of those things where especially in a time where people aren't really doing this all the time the lifeguards are there, just kind of precaution. They've never seen something like this before. You don't nope. expect it on the Atlantic, this close to Jersey. And suddenly, they go out there. They realize that the threat is real, and they start to pull him out. And they see just a pool of blood. They see a bunch mm -hmm. of red. They don't know what's going on. And they yank him out. And I believe the, the shark bit his thigh and severed the femoral artery. Yes, sir. Um, and, and by the way, here's the scariest part of that story, too. Um, it's uh, So they, they do send somebody out there eventually. So it's a lifeguard and a bystander both go out there. They swim out to this guy, right? And as they're on their way out there, they realize, oh, shit, this is, you know, like Max just said, the threat is real, okay, and it's terrifying. And then they actually said that the shark followed them back all the way to shore. So they were seeing in the distance a little, you know, a, a, you know a, a fin popping out of the water just to make you a little bit nervous. And boom, you nailed it. I, I think it was femoral artery because he's, he's bleeding out. Yeah. This is, it's not a good time. To, and when to... you're in the water, I think because of the current, it's pulling blood out at a faster rate Ooh, than, it would, than it would if you were on land just because the tide is pulling in and then it's pulling out. So the blood is just starting to pour out at a crazy rate, not to be too, you know. 
it's violent on here. We do have a nice uh, elevator doors opening in The Shining uh, kind of a vibe uh. today. Um, but uh, you're right. So they get him. Uh, they actually his left thigh is completely stripped of its flesh. And poor Mr. Van Sant at 23 years old, just a nice boy from Philly trying to get you know a swim in real quick before dinner with the family. Uh, he winds up dying a few uh, maybe I think it's less than an hour later on the uh, the front desk of the hotel that he was staying in the manager's desk uh, known as the Engleside Hotel, right? Which I looked it up. That's the hotel that was rebuilt that is right near where my buddy and his family live over in LBI. And uh, they knocked down the original one, the first one, and they rebuilt it uh, in World War II. But that building's still there, and that's where on the front desk this poor bastard died. Could you imagine going to stay at like a cozy bed and <laughs> breakfast, and there's a dead body on the front desk, and you're like, oh, and uh, we actually do have some availabilities. So. <laughs> a room just opened up. Yeah, oh, man. It's... Uh, it has to be a, a, a jar. It has to be a jarring transition to go from that too. And also, uh, as we said, the, the sharks following them because that's a true fact. That's not just a snapple fact that a, a shark can sense a drop of blood in the water from like a mile away. They're into that. Now they, I, I'd heard once as well. Um, I was a guest uh, maybe a year ago. On um, uh, I, I'll call them friends. They wouldn't call me friends. I don't think. But uh, Chris Stefano and Giannis Pappas is a great podcast called History Hyenas, and we talked about the USS Indianapolis, um, which was again Jaws related because that was the ship that Quint served on that he's talking about. Doll's eyes, you know, <laughs> that, um, that iconic speech, you know. But um, the idea was that uh, sharks have almost like a puppy dog thing where they don't know. They're really not vicious creatures. There's, yeah. there's more vicious. You, if, you wouldn't think this, but if you had to pick between uh, a shark or a hippopotamus for what you wanted to bump into, a hippo will fuck you up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They are nasty. And yet we in, we find them endearing because of board games and Disney. Yeah. And meanwhile, with a friggin, you know, the, the shark thing, they're intimidating looking. So therefore, they're, they're actually relatively calm animals. They, we don't, they don't, they're more afraid of us. That's true. And you can also scare them away by splashing and making a lot of noise. And so, so if they bite you, it's not like a bite. This was pointed out to me. Uh, a bite from them is not a bite to kill. It's to find out what we are. So it's almost like a puppy chewing on, yeah. like, hey, what's this? Yeah, it, it's a, uh, oh, I, I, let me chew on, and you yell at them because you're like, that's the phone wire, you know, that's my charger or whatever it did. You know, they don't know. So it, there's a little bit of an innocence here, but again, let's be honest, they're still scary as fuck. Oh God. <laughs> if I saw the fin in the water, that I think I would immediately go into shock, and I wouldn't even be able to swim away. Um, well, interestingly enough, when I was stationed in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, my second unit uh, that I was with in the, the Navy days, I would go surfing in the morning with my buddy Matt Wagner, right? And uh, we'd go out there and we'd surf or whatever. And I, I maybe I shouldn't have said his name. It doesn't matter. Uh, but uh, we would go surfing instead of uh, PTing. We'd be like, oh well, we have a we we started a fake club and it was called the the the, the uh, we called it uh, uh, FBSC uh, and it was Fat Boy Surf Club. <laughs> And it was just two big guys who were trying to work off their hangovers out on the ocean every morning before going into work. And um, that was the thing was you would get on the surf cam, there'd be a little thing with, say, the shark report. And there were times when we were out there and unknowingly, it was very high alert time for sharks. There would be uh, hammerheads, um, never, never any really great whites, because we're going to cover that in a second. 
Jaws is like a great white on steroids yeah. for what Spielberg created, right? They're saying that they believe that the shark that was responsible for this is actually a bull shark because they'll swim into brackish water and they're willing to come in a little bit closer to land and stuff yeah. like that. Great White doesn't want really anything to do with us because they're so big they could get beached. There's a fear of that, right? So it, it gets a, a little bit um, crazy here, but uh, this guy's this shark's doing some damage, man. Van Sant's dead within, I would say, within the hour. Yeah. Um, and then uh, did you have anything else on Van Sant before we move on to the next one or – I was wondering if he was related to Stephen Van Zant of the E Street Band, but the spelling is different. It is. It's true. Uh, actually related to Gus Van Zant, so that's how he got there. <laughs> but uh, now uh, the original attack doesn't get a whole lot of attention here. We, we cover this a lot that um, if, you, if you look at the press, if you look at the free press, the way you look at the military, and you say when they're, when they're doing the best, highest integrity part of their job, you say – I am so proud we have this in our country. Mm -hmm. And then you see the terrible shit they do on the other side, and you're like, that's really what's holding us all back. <laughs> so I judge the press and the military kind of the same way. Uh, the press does not want to, when they first hear about this story, it gets a little coverage, it gets the required coverage, but they're saying, like, that the, they're getting a little pressure, like, hey, don't say shark attack because we don't want to affect local business right now. So for the most part, the press is saying, all right, well, this is probably an isolated incident. And you pointed it out earlier, dude. This shit's not really happening before. There's nothing on record about these shark attacks that way. Because uh, most of the time, if you're a shipwreck, that there's no – if your ship went down, there was really no survivors. Yeah. That was a thing. That was – like the story of the HMS Bounty is ridiculous because there were survivors. That's – there's a lot of times we don't get any stories at all. If you want more evidence on that, go ahead and check out a couple of our back catalog episodes. <laughs> um, but uh, this one blew my mind. Um we were just talking about the differences between the sharks. Um, experts are claiming at the time that sharks are absolutely harmless. There's no way this shit could be happening, right? And again, for the most part, if you want to break down the odds of you getting bit by a shark, uh, a friend of mine had a hilarious bit he used to do about how it, you're actually there's more deaths every year from coconuts falling on people's heads than there are from shark attacks but no one would watch Coconut Week on Discovery Channel. <laughs> so that was Randy Stockton, by the way, great comic down in Jersey, uh, uh, Jacksonville, rather. Um, I'll say he's from Jersey just because it'll piss him off. <laughs> but um, the next attack is going to happen, and uh, oddly enough, uh, you have the first attack, and then the sea captains in the area are saying, you know, I have been seeing a shitload of sharks lately. There's big, There's like swarms of this shit. And the sea captains are noticing it uh, from Newark, Heading into Newark, heading into New York City, uh, any sort of a beach you fellas used to hang out at in your younger days that maybe was designed to be, you know, uh, a fortification to protect us from a potential invasion of New York. That's what Sandy Hook was. Yeah. Fort Hamilton, I want to say, is out there. I, I forget. I, I used to hike that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so these guys are coming in, going right past Sandy Hook, uh, you know, right past this whole area are now noticing, like, there's a shitload of... Um, we're seeing way more of these than we used to. And it just gets dismissed. Ah, whatever. It's these guys, you know, you can't trust these drunken sailors, you know? <laughs> um, so now the next attack happens after they've disregarded all of that. Uh, most of the warnings about uh, increased shark attacks... Uh, most cons uh, By the way, conspiracy theorists, again, um, are saying that uh, this one... This really got me excited here. So uh, do you guys know what got the U.S involved in World War One, Because we were neutral for the longest time. No. 
Uh, that's when the Archduke Ferdinand assassination. That's what oh, started no, the war. No, that's what started itself. the war. But yeah. what yeah. got the U.S. in? No, I don't. Yeah. Okay, so um, we, we've covered this a little bit on the show before that uh, the U.S. is neutral at the time, and we don't know what we're going to do with this war in Europe that's going on between everybody. And you're right, by the way, that is the start. Archduke Franz Ferdinand was killed by Gravillo Princep of the Black Hand. So Serbia and Hungary uh, doing their whole wild shit back and forth. Um, and literally, you want to talk about uh, if you just believe in yourself, one person can change the world. Thanks a lot, dude. <laughs> All right. You ruined everybody's life. You ruined a whole century. He botched the assassination <laughs> and then successfully co- Second go completed around. Yep. the assassination. <laughs> Stepped in shit. Who says there are no do-overs? <laughs> I'm really happy you knew that, buddy. Um, but for the U.S. involvement, we said we didn't want to get involved because we thought we were damned if we do and damned if we don't. Because on paper, we have this uh, the start of that special relationship with England is there. But then at the same time, the biggest populations immigrant-wise in the United States are German and Irish. There's, I think, almost more German printed newspapers, uh, printed in German, I should say, than there are American newspapers at the time. That's how big that population is. Um, so if you have the idea that now we're going to take our, our beautiful melting pot and make them go kill their brothers and fathers and cousins that didn't come over with them... Uh, you know, in Germany, that's not going to go great. And then the other huge population is the Irish who, oh, let's go tell the Irish that just escaped from, you know, uh, tyranny and oppression they faced by the British that we're now going to go bail Britain out of a war that it's in. So, and meanwhile, what did we just say earlier too about 1916? There's a fucking revolution going on in Ireland. So we don't want to get involved. We think it's going to lead to some civil unrest. However, the Germans make this one crucial mistake. They engage in what was known as unrestricted submarine warfare. So remember we said earlier the Germans are almost like superhuman? For sure. They, like I, and let me be clear. I don't subscribe to any of that uh, ideas of the notions or anything like that. But the German Kultur, they called it, culture, um, is it, it valued science and innovation and everything. So that's why we started seeing tanks in yeah. World War One. The The literally the the french were marching away in and not that they didn't have culture of their own but they were marching to start that war with light cavalry still and stuff like that. and then the germans all of a sudden we have uh, uh we've covered it too like rockets are going to come into play later um the big airships like hindenburg winds up and the fucking germans have these goddamn things going underneath the water called u-boats and uh at first they're sinking strategic vessels right and then as the war gets more desperate for them they engage in unrestricted uh, submarine warfare so now the u-boats are just they'll sink anything they come across pretty much that could be a merchant uh vessel that's that's maybe bringing supplies to resupply the troops now fight so it's really strategic still other times it was uh, they weren't taking down cruise liners or anything you know (laughs) but what they would do is that then um they would hide troops on board ships that were merchant ships and then there'd be civilians on board too that would unbeknownst to them there were weapons and stuff so now we did not make it we didn't really we, – we made it very easy for Germany to paint themselves as a bad guy in this. But the uh, unbelievable effectiveness of the U-boats, I swear to God, they would routinely see them off the coast of Florida. Yeah. So it, Jacksonville, Florida had sightings of submarines during World War II. Now, this is World War One we're talking about. They actually believe that what happened was that these U-boats were so effective – 
with sinking these ships on their way over here, just just chilling in the Atlantic, maybe floating outside of New York, because that's the hub of America. Absolutely. Really, that, that's, if you've got to pay attention, these, uh, we know a lot of supplies are coming out of there, because World War One, we were just profiting even before we got into them, just supplying weapons and shit. So the theory is, uh, wherever a U-boat goes, these fucking sharks are following, because they go, hey, wherever these guys blow some shit up, we get some pretty easy food. <laughs> and they think that that's where a potential taste for human flesh and uh, uh, the, the ease of the kill kind of came in for them. And now they're off the coast of New York, and now it's like, well, let's check out the other river. I mean, we'll, we'll stay in the area. They're not going to leave. What's that great line that uh, Dreyfus has in uh, Jaws? He goes, uh, um, there's a feeding friend. They've claimed their steak on this beach, and they're not leaving till they can't get food anymore, something like that. And that's the truth. Why would these sharks bail when easy food's coming to them? Sometimes even paddling up to them with its Portuguese water yeah. dog. <laughs> so it's insanity. But uh, that's where they think this is all happening now. So July 6th, again, what's the holiday weekend on Amity Island? That they're, they're, you know, It's a big deal. Yeah. July 4th 4th. of July. Yep. So July 6th now, uh, the second. And, uh, I mean, you, you read all the attacks. I thought this one was the most brutal. I think that's uh, that's fair to say. Uh, Charles Bruder, uh, he's a Swiss guy, right, in America now, Swiss immigrant. Uh, he's swimming well north of Beach Haven. Uh, he's now swimming uh, along the Spring Lake coastline. Uh, fucking Belmar. So Too close for comfort for me right, yeah. right now. It's, yeah. it's, it's not that far from here. What do you think? Back then, it was more dangerous to go in the water than it was to go to DJs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go figure. Yeah, so you'd think you're making a good decision. I'm going to get some exercise today instead of going over to DJ's. Nope, go to DJ's. That's the easiest way to do it. <laughs> um, but he's venturing out pretty far from the coastline, about more than a football field away from the shore, okay, um, to, uh, to point out the distance of a football field. Uh, it takes Mitch Trubisky an entire game to do it. All right? <laughs> a little knock on the Chicago Bears. I'm sorry. I actually like Trubisky. We'll see what happens. Um, but uh, Mr. Bruder, same fate, right, Max? Yeah, he's just out there swimming, a little more than a football field out there, and uh, next thing you know, chomp down on his abdomen. <laughs> and then I think that's what makes this one so bad, is like to think about getting chomped down. Like, you lose a calf, and you're okay. You know, if you get bit down on the calf, you're like, all right, you know, I kind of do it. When a shark bites you on your abdomen and then just pulls down and takes your legs with it that's a little tough to get by severs the lower legs bites him right in the abdomen max nailed it right and um here's how fucked he's screaming out there but he's so far out they really can't hear him or tell and eventually this this bugged me out a little i don't get the the hairs standing up on my arm too too often but eventually uh, uh some woman on the beach who was just you know casually minding her business um she goes uh over to a lifeguard and says Hey, um, it looks like that gentleman's red canoe is capsized out there because there's so much blood right now that there's a giant. It looks like carry on prom night, right? Ugh. It's not good. <laughs> so they think that uh, they think it's a capsized red canoe and uh, two lifeguards wind up paddling out there. Um, so they go out and they realize, uh, yeah, this this guy's been the carnage is unreal. This is the bloodiest of all the attacks, right? And uh, so they, they scoop the guy or what's left of him up into the boat and paddle him back onto the shore. I don't know. I don't care who you are or, or how much you paid for your vacation. The second a half a body 
gets dragged up onto the beach, you're just like, all right, I'm not leaving the hotel room. I'm, yeah. I'm, get me out of here. I'm tossing the bag of saltwater taffy right in the garbage. and <laughs> just like, I don't want to remember this at all. Yeah. Well, we're safe from the Dominican Republic. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's nuts. They friggin' um, – they get out there. Uh, they, they bring the guy back in. Women are fainting on the beach when they see this guy. I mean, literally, it, it, the most brutal – I'm trying to think of what was the most brutal attack from Jaws. I'm going to say it was when the kid got eaten, right? That, that's pretty brutal. We'll, yeah. More on that later. But the brutality of this particular attack is uh, you're getting a half a person. A half a person's coming back on shore. And women are fainting. Kids are looking on in horror. People are puking, you know. Um, it, it's not good. They, uh, the media sensation is about to go into full effect now. You have two high-profile carnage murders. I mean, it was unavoidable here. Um, but there is still a need for tourist money to get made. So you have a, a lack of a desire by the media in order to swarm it. And the local authorities are begging, like, everything's fine, everything's fine. That was LBIs all the way down there. We're up here. There's no chance that's going to happen. Um, but we're starting to get out. And tourists are not coming, right? So it's starting to get a little bit creepy here. Um, the next attack is – we would never plan we, – we would never be able to – that's how random th this story really gets. Ming, I'll, I'll ask you as just a, a guest and a friend, um, where would you think the next attack – so we started an LBI. Right. We had an attack now right outside of Belmar. Yeah, so it seems like if there is one killer shark, one Jaws, if you will, uh, he's heading north. So, North is right. North so is I correct. would, um, I mean, I would have guessed like a Sandy Hook or Long Branch, maybe somewhere a not, little more north. Not far off. The, the the Long Branch is going to come into play on this next one, um, but not where the attack takes place. So you're right, though. He's heading north. Okay. You're tracking this fucker. Okay. Man. Way oh, better than they yeah, were at yeah. the time. Trying, I don't need no yellow buoys, none <laughs> of that stuff, man. Like I just. Uh... <laughs> well. Um, the, the next attack is bizarre. Uh, it happens inland, okay, at uh, in Keyport at uh, Matawan Creek, right, or the Matawan River, if you will. And uh, so it, it's it, River Creek. It's uh, kind of an – you play around with that a little bit. But maybe there's a beer or something named after the area. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little inside baseball. But um, – as we said earlier, so the, the reason why when I was surfing in Jacksonville, we would sometimes have to check the shark report is because right where the river would come in, you, you have water that's known as brackish water, right? So that's where fresh water and salt water mix. And that gets uh, a ton of different kind of fish and stuff like that. And sharks are able to swim around in that because there's enough salt that it doesn't, uh, I think it dries out their skin, right? Do I have that right? I believe so, yeah. I think so. You, you could even, I, I, if you're just giving me yes, doctor, if you're doing that, you could be good to go too, man. <laughs> yes, I concur. Okay, yes. <laughs> Scalpel. I um, believe that's a fact. <laughs> yes, Mr. President. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they're able to get uh, in this brackish water, they're able to survive for a while. So he, the, the sharks are able to swim upriver a little bit. And uh, it gets to be crazy because, like we said, they feed at the mouths of the river. So, uh, anyway, this next attack is going to happen outside of Keyport, and it's uh, it's disturbing. This is, I would say, the most unexpected and the most tragic attack because this is this is twofold. Remember how many people we said got killed during the attacks? It's four victims in total, and this one's going to be a twofer. So. Um, it breaks your heart a little bit, too. And again, yet again, you know, a local sea captain in the Matawan area just earlier in the day says, there's a shark over in the river over here, guys. And they're just like, 
whatever, dude. All right, come on, man. That that shit's going on. You know, it, it maybe they didn't even know about what was going on in LBI and Belmar at this point. That they're that far disconnected. It's 1916. You don't know what the communication is at the time. Um, but they're saying there's no way a shark is all the way up here because they literally they don't consider themselves a shore town. Yeah. Uh, d- depending on who you talk to, that they, they think they're part of Central Jersey. You know. Um, so anyway, that's the vibe there. And uh, unfortunately, because of their uh, hubris, if you will, in dismissing the Madawan Sea Captain, on July 12th, a group of local boys, including 11-year-old Lester Stilwell, are playing in the creek. Uh, and what they think is just an old rotted log that's floating around in the water all of a sudden displays a, a dorsal fin. Yeah. Ba-da. Ba-da. And the boys go, shit, that's a shark. And they run onto the shore as soon as they can, right? And Lester's the last one to get out of there, and he doesn't make it. All of a sudden, he just goes, tugged him right underneath the water. Disappears. Mm-hmm. You got anything else on that one before we get into the, the rescue efforts? I mean, I was glad, uh, this sounds kind of messed up, but I know he had his dog with him, and I was very glad that the dog didn't get attacked. I'm glad that no dogs were harmed during this whole thing. It's the one silver lining. You got to look at it, you know. (laughs) You got to look. It's like, you know, not to bring up a bad thing, but it's like, you know, you show up late to your job on a Tuesday morning in September. (laughs) You run a little behind. You're like, oh, okay, well, you know, something bad happened, but at least I, you know, I made it out. It's it's the truth on that one as well. By the way, I've thought about this one. If in John Wick, they had his girlfriend get killed instead of his dog. I don't think people would have allowed him to kill as many people. Oh, of course not. You'd be like, oh, dude, just go download Tinder. You're fine. There's plenty of fish in the sea. Plenty of sharks, too. And, uh, oof, oof. Um, now, again, in Jacksonville, I don't mean to keep going back down there because uh, sharks did start to get seen around this time. All of a sudden, everybody's paying attention. Like, yeah, there are a lot of sharks around here, actually. And uh, it literally, in my research for it, Jacksonville, Florida popped up, which is like my second hometown, if you will. Um, so, uh, they're seeing sharks down there. Uh, people are starting to notice sharks all over the place here and there too. But when I was living down there, the big fear in Florida is alligators, right? And I know in my heart, I know this cause you know how much I love my dog, of course, yeah. right? Uh, good old stinky Ed. Um, he is, he's named after Eddie Vedder too, Ming. You'd love this guy. So, um, he, uh, he used to go sniffing around by this lake in our apartment complex. And I saw a gator in there one day and I ac- absolutely understood in my heart that if the gator tried to grab him, that I I would be in the water fighting this thing. I might die too. I don't know. But um, I, there was no doubt in my mind I'd be going after him. Luckily, just a kid dies instead for this story. <laughs> so, no, poor 11-year-old Lester, boop, gone underneath the water. These boys run back into town, and they tell a bunch of the men in town, oh, my God, a shark just got Lester, blah, 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 whatever. And they go, all right, well, there's no way that a shark's in the river. So... Lester probably had a seizure, but regardless, let's go after, you know, like, let's rescue, let's try to find the kid's body, maybe even try to save him. And uh, these guys are running over there. They wind up, uh, one of the guys is uh, by the, I think he's a young pharmacist named, uh, or at least he owned a pharmacy, I think, uh, Watson Stanley Fisher, who sounds like a bank. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's 24 years old, and uh, he's one of the guys that, this is how you know for a fact they didn't buy into the shark thing. They're doing a diving party in order to try to get uh, a hold of, um, you know, to try to find Lester. They're thinking he had a seizure. He's either dead underwater or you got to try to find a body to prove what happened. Um, you guys ever work as lifeguards ever? No. Okay. 
Ming, no? Oh, no, no. I used to run the waterfront at uh, a particular camp in uh, uh, northern New Jersey Boy Scout Council, uh, council called uh, uh, Camp Lewis. And I was the lifeguard director. And uh, even though we had a pool, we technically still had to do a lost bather drill because we had a boating area. So uh, as a kid, when I was a lifeguard before I was even running the show, we'd have to do lost bather drills. And they'd put something in the water, and you'd have to you'd dive down and try to see if you could find it. And uh, there is no more creepy feeling than the idea of reaching for something and hoping it's a dead body because that's what you're looking for. Ugh. So, unfortunately, Mr. Fisher, at age 24, is one of the guys who's diving in the water here. He finds Lester's body, right? And he starts coming up to the top with it. And as he's starting to swim towards the shore, guess what happens, Ming? Uh I mean, I think the trap is sprung, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, I think he becomes a victim as well. Da da, da da, boom! They grab him, uh, and in front of a horrified crowd uh, that is of bystanders, like other guys who were diving for him too, other uh, people who were just like, "Oh my God!" That you know, it's an exciting thing in the town. Uh, let's go find uh, Lester. Now, this poor guy Watson is swimming towards the shore with the body. He gets bit by a shark drops the body, right? Loses Lester's body. So an 11-year-old boy's body has now been lost a second time. And um, now they pull uh, Fisher out. Fisher is mortally wounded, all right? He's bleeding like a stuffed pig too now. Bleeds out, dies maybe an hour or two later at a hospital in, as Ming mentioned earlier, Long Branch, New Jersey. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Creepy shit on this one, man. So uh, now... I'm not making this up. How long have we been on air right now? Uh, you know, about 50 minutes or so. 50? Okay. Something like that. Less than that. Less than that. About a half hour after this attack on Mr. Watson, okay? Who, uh, or I, I, I'm calling him Mr. Watson, but really his last name's Fisher, but for some reason, Mr. Watson. I have a, Sounds I have, better. I have a Holmes thing going on right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Mr. Fisher's dying his, his you know, last breaths. And uh, the diving crew is able to find uh, young Lester's body about, uh, I think, like, it, it, was pretty, it was pretty far up the river, wasn't it, Max? Yeah. Do I have that right? Yes, I believe so. So he's, like, way up the river now. And, uh, but this wildest thing is going on here. So uh, about a half a mile up the river, right, um, there's a kid from New York City uh, named Joseph Dunn. And he is, I want to say, like, what, 14? He's 14 years old. Okay. Thank you. Um, so you want to tell the story of what's going on with old Mr. Dunn? Yeah, so uh, young man Dunn is there, thankfully not with his dog. Uh, <laughs> this way it wasn't too sad of a podcast. Uh, so he was attacked from a half a, mi- half a mile from the Wyckoff dock. It was about a half hour after this uh, Stillwell and Fisher attack. Again, the shark goes after the leg. And that's like the thing that happened in all of these, or these are all lower body mm-hmm. attacks. And that's what's frightening to me, because when you hear about somebody getting shot in the leg, you would think, oh, that's not a dangerous thing. But a lot of times when someone gets shot in the leg, they wind up severing an artery and bleeding out. And uh, thankfully, that did not happen here. He did not bleed out. Because uh, you're my boy, Max. You really are. You're one of my good buddies in comedy. Uh, if... A shark grabbed you. Uh, I would do. I would do what I could, but I don't know if I would do as much as 
Mr. Dunn's buddies did for him. His brother's with him, right? And uh, Dunn's 14. I think it's an older brother yeah. and some friends. And they, these are New York City kids, the original Bennies, coming down the shore <laughs> to try to hang out. <laughs> and uh, they in, literally engage in a tug of war with this shark for control of their buddy and younger brother. And uh, they, they win the tug of war. So they get this guy back. Now, he's all fucked up. He, it's a long hospitalization. He stays hospitalized in Jersey until September, I think. Yeah. But eventually full recovery and gets out. He would have been the fifth victim of what is becoming known now in the media as the Jersey man-eater. So uh, I, do you guys think that does a little damage to uh, tourism? I'd say so, a little bit. It's a pretty ominous. Uh, it's like here, come one, come all. See the Jersey man eater. No, yeah. no. Oh, or especially too, just in South Jersey, like around the LBI, where it's, it's like, oh, stay away from the Jersey man eater. Come camp near the Jersey Devil instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, it's after this, there's no hiding it anymore. The Jersey man eater is a sensation. Um, this fifth victim has been avoided, but he's still a young kid that got wounded here. The idea that it's in a river is creeping the shit out of some people. National media goes apeshit. The papers are reporting on it nonstop. Shark experts are being called in left and right, and they keep saying, sharks aren't dangerous. You know, And they're right. The science is right. That backs them up in terms of odds of probability. But that's not what the people want to hear. That's not what the victims' uh, you know, families want to hear. That's not what people who have young kids want to hear. So instead, what they wind up doing is they, uh, they let some shit go wild, and they pretty much it becomes open season, uh, if you had a massive problem, you'd go open season on whatever the problem is. And now it's uh, anybody who can get their hand, anyone who can kill a shark or capture a shark is all of a sudden getting a ton of publicity in the papers. So you got guys that are trying to catch sharks down in LBI. You got these armed boats. Again, that would be my dream job. Just give me, you know, a hunting rifle and I go out there and you're looking for it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, uh, and, and you know that these things turned into, it's 1916, all right? So you know there's some guys out there like, oh, by the way, I made this gin in my bathtub earlier. <laughs> so these guys are getting tuned up, smoking cigarettes, and, you know, uh, just, just pretty much floating around with rifles hoping to kill something. Um, there's all of a sudden other people, too. This happens with everything that we've covered. We talked in a, a recent episode about uh, Frank and Jesse James, that they're pulling off these bank robberies. And then all of a sudden, all these other robberies are getting attributed to them because people are saying, you know, uh, I got robbed about a year ago, and it was Frank and Jesse. Mm -hmm. People just want to embellish their story. For sure. So there's an actress, and actresses don't lie. I don't know if you guys knew that. That's actually um, a fact, yes. Yeah. This particular actress refers to an entanglement she had with a shark. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she was, like, I guess floating around uh, near Atlantic City uh, out there, and then she, she noticed a shark near her and then started splashing like crazy to get away from it. And it's like, and I'm lucky to have gotten away with my life. Like that, and yeah, sure, whatever, drama club, we get you. Um, but again, Woodrow Wilson is allocating federal funds for this. Uh, you got armed patrol boats. They're legitimately they're taking nets and putting them out. Uh, now I grew up in a lake community, like we, you know where I'd go swimming in the lake every year, and they did have a little bit of a net out there to try to keep some of the fish and turtles and stuff from coming up there. And this one I thought was interesting. Uh, I. I've never seen a shark in the water. I've probably been in the water near sharks and just minding my own business kind of a thing. Um, and I have had the call before um, when other surfers look out for each other. And by the way, I can't surf at all, but I liked trying. Um, but I'd be out there on my longboard or whatever, and you would just hear, shark, shark. And 
everybody just hops up on their board and you ride it out until the thing goes away, right? Um, but the thing that they say is actually one of the nastiest animals you can come across out there that can do the similar, similar if not worse damage than a shark this way would be uh, a sea turtle. So meanwhile, thanks to Finding Nemo, we think they're like pretty cool, man. You're just like hanging out, kind of snapping turtles, man. <laughs> no, these dudes can take a giant chunk out of you. All right. So they, there's some conspiracy theorists who are probably shark apologists. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I know sharks. They're good people. You know, totally. And uh, they're defending, you know, they're scapegoating sea turtles saying it could have been a sea turtle. And now you don't know what's going on with that one. But that's where the debate comes in. Um, now, my favorite part of this is, uh, Ming, how familiar are you with, we, we mentioned Keyport earlier. Okay. Uh, Sandy Hook has some interesting folks out there. There is uh, Fort Monmouth. There's a Coast Guard station out there. And then there are some very, Jersey has a little bit, Jersey has every personality that this country has to offer all in one state. Yeah. I think that's fair. Right? Absolutely. Um, so the, the boys of Northern Monmouth County, they can get a little wild sometimes. And uh, so the Matawan River was constantly being blown up with dynamite that they were sinking depth charges. <laughs> and the theory was, even if we don't kill the shark, we'll piss it off. <laughs> <laughs> that was for Lester, you son of a... So just picture the Tiger King throwing, you know, yep. sticks of dynamite into yep. the water. <laughs> this is all real. All this shit's real. And people were signing off on it because they're like, whatever it takes to ease the public's mind to get them to come back to buy the saltwater taffy and to get them to go back to DJs. <laughs> and um, so there's this idea, like we said, that the conspiracy theorists are saying, is this sea turtles? Is this uh, a great white shark? Probably not a great white, they said. There's no way it would go up the river as far as it did. Bull shark, definitely most likely, right? Uh, but now all of a sudden, everybody's seeing them and barely escaping, blah, blah, blah. Interestingly enough, no more shark attacks happened for the rest of the summer after the following incident that we're going to close on. On July 14th, a taxidermist in Harlem, okay, and a, a literally this guy's job was a lion tamer for Barnum and Bailey Circus, okay? And he's like, oh, uh, well, I enjoy taxidermy and taming lions. You think this guy's got balls? Is that fair to say, Max? This I would say this guy is a man. The uh, Yeah, cojones, as uh, our friend south of the border would say. Um, no more, li uh, no more uh, lion attacks. Jesus, that would be weird. Uh, no more shark attacks are happening on the Jersey Shore after this incident in which uh, he is in the Raritan Bay, okay? Only a few miles uh, away from Matawan Creek, which is where the final two or would have been final three victims were taken. Um and he actually uh, catches a shark while he's fishing. And it is a big motherfucker to the point where he almost can't get his boat back in with the shark, right? And the shark starts flopping around and everything. And he winds up having to break his oar and kill it. So he makes a spear out of the oar and kills this, this shark. This, it, it's insanity to me. Um, catches this it, massive shark too, by the way. 7.5 feet long, 325 pounds. Most eyewitnesses at all the accounts say that the shark was around eight feet long. So if you if it's seven and a half feet, I mean, I've I'll be honest. I've told I've told people it was eight before when it was seven and a half. <laughs> no, all the time, man. All the exactly. time. Exactly, it's, it's my shoe size. But uh, <laughs> the uh, the shark almost sinks the boat, and uh, he winds up killing the thing, and uh, he winds up opening up the shark's belly. Right, 
And this is, do you want to, do you know what I'm saying here, Max? Yeah. So this is uh, another one of those things. Ruin some people's sleep tonight right now, will you? Yeah. It's one of those things where uh, you ever like reach into something, you find something that you aren't expecting and you're like, oh, maybe a leftover, like an old like cheeseburger (laughs) under your bed. Uh, This guy (laughs) reaches in to the shark's belly and finds like this weird fleshy material, right? So what would you think? You'd be like, oh, this must be like a little baby shark or something inside. Turns out to be the remains of a human being inside the shark's belly. Well, undigested. Undigested. It's still there. It's starting to digest. I, re- I equate this to oh. my, uh, we used to have a koi pond in the back, in my backyard. Interesting. And one day uh, my stepfather goes to reach in. He thought he saw like a plastic bag that blew over the fence and just into there and it was kind of blocking the filter. He reaches in. Turns out it's a possum. <laughs> right? So Jesus. You, you get a, that. That's a surprise. You get Jesus. That, yeah. It was that's a possum surprise. that got caught in there and drowned. So imagine you're just going in. You're like, oh, what's this? And then that moment hits you like, oh, this is this is the remains of a human being. It's got to stick with you a little bit. They said it was 15 pounds worth of human flesh Ugh. was uh, was taken out of the shark's stomach, and it filled um, I, it filled a milk crate. Which, by the way, it's illegal to use a milk crate for anything other than milk. So uh, I hope we find this guy. That son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, they, uh, it's a young great white shark, right? So they were saying that if it's young, maybe it doesn't know. Maybe it's because of its size, it's able to kind of maneuver a little bit here too. Um, there was a. Uh, uh, the guy's name was Schleiser, by the way, Michael Schleiser, uh, who is the, the taxidermist and lion tamer that kills this thing. And uh, he actually gets the thing mounted. Uh, now, I don't know if you'd want... I get it, the idea of a trophy kill, um, but I also am unnerved by the idea that um, this is something that murdered another human For being. For sure, yeah. So I'm a little put off by that. I don't know if I'd want to preserve this thing, but Schleiser has it preserved, right? And uh, there's actually a photograph... The only known photograph of it uh, was in the Bronx Home News, and he had it in the window of a shop uh, on Broadway that he owned, and the thing disappeared. It's uh, it's gone now. Um, but uh, anyway, no further attacks the rest of the summer, and uh, they declare that, uh, I mean, what's the easiest way to, to wrap that up for tourists and everything? Oh, uh, this guy Schleiser, he killed it. It was the Jersey Maneater. It was one shark the whole time, blah, 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 whatever. So they got this guy fucking Dunzo, man. Um, and like we said, that incident goes on to inspire a novel, right, which, you know, becomes Jaws, which uh, I think may or may not have been made into uh, a, a major motion picture. Is that fair to say? I believe that's what they say. Um, and Ming just brought the photo up of the thing, man. It's Now, sometimes I'll see a shark and we'll think that they're undersized. And then you realize that their entire body is a weapon. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, their ability to, to pivot and kind of move the way that they can. It, it's there. I have a fascination with them where if I'm ever at an aquarium, I can't stop looking at it, but I'm scared shitless the whole time, you know. And like we said, I'd be swimming in, you know, uh, a pool in Clifton, New Jersey, miles away from the ocean, sitting there thinking there's one behind me, isn't there? Oh, it, it made its way in here. So somehow. I'm looking at this photo. If you're listening to this episode, you can Google Slicer Shark. And oh, this will go up on the Instagram, too. And I guess that's Sli- Slicer right there. And he kind of looks like somebody I know. <laughs> if that Slicer does look like my dad, holy shit. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just, you know, is, uh, is your dad 
<laughs> we had a scoutmaster as a kid who uh, would would make my dad the hero of whatever story he was telling. Like that, uh, you know, there'd be like a Jacob the Trail Runner or something. And it's like, but then Larry Burke got in his face when like, so they were telling Chuck Norris stories about my dad before that was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was absolutely unprecedented. People started paying way more attention to it. And if you don't think that the media coverage in 1916 is a huge factor to why we have people that are fascinated with sharks, and again, every I think there's Shark Fest going on uh, for the next five weeks on Discovery Channel yeah. right now. That's our fascination from it. Obviously, they're interesting creatures to begin with, but this was if you want this was the shot of cocaine to get you to the next level of uh, an interest in them, man. Oh yeah, those but, attacks put sharks on the map. For sure. The gateway shark. The gateway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'll tell you what, guys. I got nothing else on that. If you had any other info you wanted to hit before we wrap, Max? No. I mean, the only thing – I've had a fear of sharks since I was a kid before I even knew about this because I remember in fifth grade, a friend of mine was, like, just fascinated by sharks. And he was like, yeah, read this book. And ever since then, I've just been like, I'm never going in the ocean again. Their teeth just – they have multiple rows of teeth. Each one is as sharp as a razor blade. So just sliding your finger across it would cut. Yeah. It's not like, you know, a dog's tooth or, you know, our teeth. Jesus. Those are the sharpest teeth. And you have rows. So think about one just clamps down and pulling down. It's complete. You're done. Yeah. So next time you need to get to the bone real quickly on uh, someone's calf, you want to <laughs> go ahead and use shark's teeth. Yes. Instead. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Ugh. Did, um... I hope you guys learned some stuff on that one, too. Max, where can people find you on social media? But you're a funny uh, dude. You post some oh, funny thank shit. You. Thank you. Know, you. Uh, killing it out in L.A. from what I can see. You can find me at on Instagram on at Max Antonucci. And I have a website, maxisyourfriend.com. He sure creepiest, is, folks. Creepiest sounding website ever. Uh, clearly, I have some skeletons in my closet. But go there. I post jokes, usually on a weekly basis. Uh, just monologue type jokes for fun, for funsies. Since stand-up comedy isn't really happening, it's uh, well. You're going to come chill with me now at Florentine. Are you nervous? Uh, no, because I, I don't. I just anticipate that it's not going to be good. I, <laughs> I, I'm going to. To me, I'm conducting a bingo game. Today. Yeah, there that's you all go. I'm doing. But uh, Ming, thank you so much for making the time yeah, for thank us today, you, dude. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, uh, here's the swim with bow-legged women, gentlemen. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that that and the classic horror movie thing of uh, it has to be. Uh, uh, whatever young couple's about to have sex in the, the ocean or whatever, oh, yeah. uh, that's when the monster has to come kill it. So whether <laughs> it's Mike Myers, uh, a xenomorph, uh, or uh, you know Freddy Krueger or Jaws, that seems to be the motif. So you save it for marriage, kids, if you're listening, okay? Um, Ming, uh, anything else you want to say on the way out, brother? Uh, no, I mean, if you uh, you want to you want to start a podcast and uh, you want to have as much fun as we did waxing poetic on Jaws and the uh, the the man-eaters, uh, you can come to a shareduniverse.com and have as much fun as uh, me, KP, and Max did just now. Please do. Is Hell the stash yeah. open up again yet? Stash or? is open up again, yeah. If you need comic books and uh, to pass the time because you've got nothing but time right now, uh, yeah, go over to Jane's Out Bob's Secret Stash. And Mike will take care of you. I uh, I mean it, by the way, man. I would not have – I was explaining to Max earlier. I would not have a podcast if it wasn't for you and Mike because uh, I just don't know how to do any of this stuff. I know how to write something, but I can't do anything else. Think of what, what the world would have missed out on too. So it, it was our honor to uh, to help you. 
get that going. Well, thank yeah, you what you guys that. are doing is great. Thanks. It's just a it's a fun vibe, man. It makes you proud to be from Jersey. Yeah. Um, uh, which makes up for the child murdering um, shark <laughs> that we just covered. But guys, uh, that was awesome. Uh, please check us out. If you like the show, leave me a written review on iTunes. Helps me out a ton. Uh, we're over at uh, American Loser Podcast on Instagram, American Loser on Facebook. The YouTube page is coming up. We got our first guest that's going to be joining us shortly on there. Uh, very excited about that. You can always hit me up at, at KPBurkSucks on Instagram or KPBurk over on Facebook for just $5 a month, one large cup of coffee at Dunkin' Donuts with no time constraints and some more ambitious topics coming your way. We will reward you uh, for helping us fund the show, right? Because I can't afford it. Ming's great, but he don't let me do this for free. Um, but uh, for that amount, we can actually offset the production costs of the show. And then, guys, I'm able to give you a, a bonus where we go really tackling something deep here. But uh, I had an absolute blast. Thank you for the support of the show, guys. And uh, just stay out of the water, all right? That was uh, the, the Summer of the Sharks, 1916, American Losers. An American loser the day I was born. An American loser the day I was born. American loser the day I was born.